This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, California pulls an emergency break on reopening. Monday was a big day in the pandemic. The good news? Positive results from vaccine trials sent the Dow Jones Industrial Average soaring to nearly 30,000 points. The bad news? As coronavirus cases surge around the country, Governor Gavin Newsom said many Bay Area counties need to retreat now to purple status. That's the most restrictive tier on the state's scale for opening the economies. To talk about this, I'm joined by Dustin Gardner and Alexi Kossif, our Sacramento team. And uh, I'm going to ask them not only about what Newsom did today, but also about his mea culpa for going to the French Laundry the other day, which which Alexi broke and uh, in violation, he said, of the spirit of, of social distancing. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having Thanks for having us. All right. It was it was a big day. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of big days lately where where the news is bad. There's a surge around the country. Dustin, that was obviously in the spirit of what Newsom wanted to say on Monday. What did he say? The governor really did pull the emergency break. He said that the, the virus is spreading faster than it ever has before in the state, faster than it did in the spring, faster than it did in July. And as a result, um, most counties in the state are now being forced to go back to the most restrictive tier that's purple. And this comes as the, the, the daily case average in the state has more than doubled over the last 10 days. We're now reporting roughly 8,200 or more cases a day. Um, and the hospi- hospitalization rates have gone up. ICU, ICU admissions have gone up. The positivity rate ha- has increased by more than a percent and a half. That's the percent of people tested who have the virus. So really, the governor was saying this trajectory has changed dramatically, especially in the last week. And most counties need to basically go back to square one. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you about what this is going to mean for for local counties. But but what's the larger perspective? Uh, Alexi, you know, what what are some of the reasons that that we're seeing the surge? I mean, we talked a lot about worrying about the winter coming. And sure enough. The country is in the worst phase of this thing. Yeah, unfortunately, what may be driving this pandemic is the things that we're doing to try and sort of comfort ourselves and retain a sense of human connection. I mean, what the state is saying right now is that those small gatherings that we're having with our family and friends at home, where we sort of let our guard down, take off our mask and have a dinner or play a game together or something like that is what's really leading to this surge. And um, unfortunately, to get this thing under control, we may all just have to sort of go back into this quarantine with, uh, again, with just our households and and really stop you know all of all of that kind of mixing that we've slowly been you know bringing back into our lives over the last few months yeah i gotta tell you guys we we had been trying to see if we could my family have a a family thanksgiving um actually with my 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 wife's parents and um 
And now we've decided not to do it. It just it's it's too risky. There's there doesn't seem to be a way to to safely do it. I wonder if you guys are having some of those same conversations. I am as well. Yeah, I I live a couple hours away from my parents, and it's definitely, you know, a, a consideration right now. Should I go down and see them or not? And I, you know, I think that's a conversation that you know we're going to have to have about whether you know, we, we feel safe spending that time together or, or not. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat too. Uh, some friends and I were going to go backpacking and my boyfriend and I ended up not going because we decided that it just wasn't safe uh, for that many people to gather together. And so now we're going to do our own thing. Ah, even backpacking. Even backpacking. I mean, you know, if you have six or seven people coming together from different, different regions, it's, you know, there's, you got to think about those things. Yeah, out, outdoors is more safe, but it's not a, you know, it, it, it doesn't stop the coronavirus if someone is, is infected, unfortunately. Yeah, and it also feels like that, you know, that if we're going to get through this, the, the last thing you want to do is sort of get the coronavirus and spread it toward the end. Um, you know, we're hoping it's it's going to be over in the next in the next few or several months. But you we've gone all this time. So why get it sort of after after keeping it at bay for six months? Why get it? Well, I think that's one thing that the the governor really emphasized today was that we've moved from a marathon to a sprint at this point. You know, we can see that there's this vaccine on the horizon. And so now is the time to be on our best behavior and and really buckle down until you know people can get vaccinated and hopefully end this thing but that means a couple more months of of good behavior at least so dustin back to the back to what happened today with the purple tears tell us how did counties get into these tears how is that definition changing and what is it going to mean for counties around the bay area yeah, I mean, th there's just a lot of really practical impacts this has on people's everyday lives. Um, and like I said, it, this is most of the state. We're talking almost 95% of the population. Um, most of the Bay Area counties are in the purple tier or the red tier just right below it. Um, and this means things like indoor restaurant spaces close, um, stores and malls can stay open, but they're now at 25% capacity. Um, this means churches closing, indoor religious gatherings, gyms, um, fitness centers, uh, indoor museums, um, a lot of the tourist attractions in San Francisco that had started to slowly trickle back open. Um, just a lot of practical everyday establishments people might frequent um, are, are, are headed back in, into some of the lockdown. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the governor really advised that even though there's news of a vaccine, there um, the, the state's got to stay diligent. This is he's for many months has warned about the prospect of a second wave, and you know that was a lot of his message today too. Is he said this moment isn't surprising? We knew this was coming. This has been foreshadowed, and the state's been getting ready for it. And people have to do their part by sticking with um, the behaviors they've learned, especially you know during the holidays. And he actually changed the criteria. Right. Yeah, the, the, the criteria got a lot stricter. Um, for example, a county to go backwards. Um, and previously, they had to um, there. They had to either have the transmission rate or the number of daily cases. 
be outside of the state's parameters for two weeks. Now they only have to be out of the out of those goalposts for a week to um, to go backward. And they're not moving just one tier at a time. They're not moving, you know, from yellow to orange. Some counties are moving from yellow or orange to purple based on these numbers. And it's it, really the governor emphasized that a lot of this is being done to increase the speed of the shutdown. Um, and even when a, a county is is um, entering the purple tier, they used to have 72 hours to, um, to to enact those shutdowns with restaurants or other businesses. Now they only have 24 hours to do that. So really, the governor is saying speed is of the essence, given the numbers that we have, which are really just catastrophic. You know, they're really dismal. They're just a catastrophe at this point. All right. A little more to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, though. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Volwa. I'm joined by Dustin Gardner and Alexi Kosev, reporters from our Sacramento Bureau, and we're talking about the Step back in California trying to reopen its economy, and that's due to the state and national surge in cases. Guys, there was a big vaccine news today uh, with Moderna uh, saying they'd had really good results in vaccine trials. That's the second company that's um, pushing forward and saying they're having um, good results. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of hope here that that a vaccine is on its way and that it could really change things. But but not in this current holiday season, right? And the, the state has been talking about um, how this isn't going to change things right away. Yeah, I mean, that, that's another thing that Governor Newsom really emphasized today in, in stressing that even though there is this this light on the horizon, he tried, really tried to tap down the optimism and say that it could be months and even once the FDA approves a vaccine, there's going to be a tier of how it's distributed. Um, you know, healthcare workers, emergency workers, the most vulnerable people, those people will have the vaccine months before others. Um, and it could, he's warned that it could take well into next year, um, the middle of next year, possibly later until there is widespread distribution of a vaccine. Yeah, Moderna is talking about wanting to have it widely available for anyone who wants it by Memorial Day. So we're talking probably at least six more months of, of you know, some kinds of restrictions and precautions. Yeah, and meanwhile, it, it, it seems what's really scaring a lot of the experts is that we are seeing a rise in cases and you don't see the big jump in hospitalizations and deaths. Um, it lags behind, right? It can lag a couple of weeks behind. Yeah, I mean, that was another point um, that, that, that state officials emphasized today. They said that they expect roughly 12% of those being infected might wind up in the hospital, but that could take a couple of weeks. And so once we see those numbers go up, it's really a couple of weeks until the healthcare, fist, until the healthcare system feels the brunt of that. Yeah, well, it's going to be a very tough winter for, for people and obviously uh, for businesses. Um, I do want to get to uh, Governor Newsom. He is asking 
everyone in the state to trust him and 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 trust that that being much more cautious is the way to go. But Alexi, you broke a big story uh, last week about how uh, the governor might not always be following his own advice. Uh, tell tell us about that. Yeah. So earlier this month, uh, the governor got together with um, a group of about a dozen people for a celebratory birthday dinner party at the French Laundry, uh, which, if you're not familiar with it, is a three-star Michelin guide restaurant in Napa County. Definitely one of those kind of bucket list places if you're a foodie. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's been warning everybody for months, you know, don't get together in these small gatherings, getting together with family, you know, could lead to you spreading the virus unintentionally to grandma and grandpa. Um, And yet here he was, you know, um, getting together with friends for, um, for a birthday party. It was uh, the birthday party of Jason Kinney, a a political advisor of his and um, a registered lobbyist as well in Sacramento. Um, not a not a great look, um, given the uh, restrictions that he's placed on everybody else. And um, after, you know, a couple of days of sort of defending um, the the party, he apologized Monday uh, at his at his news conference and said he was owning the situation so that he could move forward with uh, with helping lead the state through the pandemic. All right. And I think we have a clip of that. Let's hear it. You can quibble about the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. But the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time uh, was contradicted. And I got to own that. And so I want to apologize to you uh, because I need to preach and practice, not just preach. Alexi, I wonder if I can ask you, um, because I'm I'm curious and maybe some some of our readers and listeners are curious, but how do you how do you get a story like that? And how did you find out about the the French Laundry Party? And then how do you go about confirming that it's true? Yeah, well, a lot of times, you know, we get lucky. And this is one of those times, a source who had been in correspondence with um, a guest at that party, reached out to the Chronicle with uh, information about what had happened. Um, they were upset. They felt like the governor had, you know, done something kind of hypocritical and they wanted to get that information out there. And, uh, and so once we had that tip, you know, um, we reached out to the restaurant, to the governor's office, to representatives for Jason Kinney, and just went about starting to verify everything, you know, uh, that we could about, um, about the events that evening. And, um, you know, they, they acknowledged, uh, that, that the party had happened, you know, the biggest sort of, um, I think the biggest source of contention probably in reporting the story was basically whether or not it should be a story. They said this happened at a restaurant, the restaurant you know, follows different rules, you know, and we were following the rules of the restaurant. So it was totally fine. And, you know, we had a lot of discussions. Okay. What's the, what's the right way to frame this was, was he violating the rules and spirit nevertheless? And, and, you know, we ultimately decided that he was, and it was worth, you know, telling the public about, and it got a huge response once we published the story. Yeah. And what, what was the response on both sides? 
I would say it was almost uniformly negative. Uh, a lot of times when you write about, you know, uh, politicians misbehaving and, you know, this is more of a mistake than anything, but people will rush to defend, you know, politicians who belong to the same party or, or hold the same ideology they do. And in this case, Republicans were certainly very critical of the governor, but a lot of Democrats were expressing disappointment in his behavior too. I mean, People from across the political spectrum have been making immense sacrifices during the pandemic. And to see, you know, the governor not follow one of his own rules, um, especially, you know, at a at a restaurant that can cost, you know, five hundred dollars or more per person. <laughs> uh, it, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And um, I think he finally recognized that and, and is trying to sort of build back that credibility with people by apologizing. Yeah, gotcha. Well, it was a great story. Um, I have never been invited to the French Laundry. So if I was, it would be very difficult to turn down. Um, either of you guys been? No, but I think that you should send me to do some further investigating, you know, maybe put it, you know, expense, expense it on the company dime. (laughs) Yeah. Who's breaking the rules at the French Laundry? Uh, So I want to leave leave you with one question. Um, As you guys are covering state politics in the next several weeks and the pandemic shutdowns, what is it that you're watching in terms of what politicians are doing and 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 the the climate, obviously, for people and businesses. What what's going to be happening in the Capitol? One thing that I'm watching: um, state legislators made some pretty lofty um, policy goals last summer. They talked about backfilling unemployment, the extra six hundred dollars in unempl- federal unemployment uh, that workers had been receiving. That's now expired. Um, they they weren't able to accomplish that last legislative session. But I think you know as the numbers surge and a lot of counties go back into shutdown, there are a lot of people that are going to be going back on to unemployment again. You know, people that are waiters or you know people who work in retail stores. A lot of those folks that just got their jobs back, they're going to be out of work again. And state legislators, if they're serious about that, I think it'll be interesting to watch. And I'm be keeping close tabs on whether that's something they they start pursuing more aggressively as we get closer to the start of their next session. We're also less than two months away from the governor having to um, to unveil his next budget for the coming year. And there's actually been some good news from the state that tax revenue is running higher than estimated earlier this year. Um, there could be, you know, billions of dollars more than anticipated, but there's still a massive hole. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, the governor is going to be figuring out over the next few months what kind of cuts and other things he's going to do in order to to close that gap. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, fascinating stuff and obviously some big uh, troubles and challenges ahead, a, a really kind of a unfortunate holiday season to, to enter into. But I appreciate you guys' work. Thanks for coming on. Thank Thanks you so much. Us. Thanks to my guests today, Sacramento reporters Alexi Kossif and Dustin Gardner, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>